0: This is Elsian,
1: pronounced local,
0: or living a creative life.
1: I'm Rawat Majdi
0: and I'm Mohammed
1: We're creatives talking to creatives about what it means to be a creative.
0: So get ready for some delicious conversations and awesome takeaways so that you can maximize your own creative life.
1: Today we have Fay and Mansour. Faye is an artist and illustrator from Kuwait who is engaged in creating artworks that tell a story inspired by surroundings and experiences. Building worlds and designing characters is an interest of hers, and her stories mostly speak about the hardships in life in a lighthearted manner that reaches an audience and opens up conversations. Welcome, Faye. We're super excited to have you. Thank you. Thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Faye, how did you started to how did
2: you start to get into uh, illustration? Um <clears throat> well, I can't really point out when did I first start doing art because for as long as I can remember I was holding a crayon and a pencil and just like scribbling away in school books or notebooks or or even sketchbooks. One of the things that I remember uh, most would be the family trips to stationery stores, especially when back to school season was around the corner because around that time the best kind of markers would be in stock especially the fruit scented ones (laughs) they were my favorite yeah (laughs) i knew it was a good day when i got one of these yeah they were the deal breaker yeah but uh i think i began taking art seriously around middle school because at that time i believe that everyone was kind of uh uncomfortable and they kind of wanted to find who they were and what they like and at that time i found uh i found safety in more of the i would say geeky and nerdy stuff so Um, I was reading a lot of books, and uh, I dove deep into the anime world. I still don't think I'm out, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but uh, I do remember uh, my first time ever reading a comic book. I was immediately hooked, and I knew for a fact that this is what I wanted to create one day. This still is a dream of mine, to create a fully developed and hopefully publish a comic book. Beautiful.
1: Your your mention of the back-to-school season and having the cool markers in stock is reminding me of those, like, sets. Do you remember, like, early 2000s and late 90s where there was sets of, like... Like, it would be, like, in a box, like a briefcase kind of style, and there would be, like, 30 yeah. color pencils and 30 markers, and they were so low quality. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> The watercolors, Yeah, right. and there's, like, just all different kinds of stuff. Mm-hmm. And so it reminded me of that back in those days, you know, like, before... Maybe before the internet was really a bigger thing, maybe I don't know if it was, but it was like art was something that that was like actually interesting to do over the summer or even during the school days. So
0: you have nothing to do other than just you know right yeah, yeah. just
1: to like scribble, and I think it's really cool that you you ended up getting into art based on those early days. Yeah.
0: Phase uh, since you mentioned anime, I can't help myself not to ask you how. You developed your style through anime and comic. Can you talk to us about yeah, yeah, it yeah. more? Yeah,
2: actually, it's very interesting because at the very beginning when I used to be obsessed with anime and manga, uh, I wanted to be able to draw in that kind of style. Mm. For like about two years, all I drew was an anime style. I used to watch YouTube videos, I used to read books and look like really closely into the manga books to imitate that kind of art, like the way to draw the hair and the eyes and the body proportions. And then after a while I started to kind of feel uncomfortable with that because it was kind of trapping me and constraining me in a certain style. And I knew that, I knew that for a fact that art was not supposed to make me feel that way. So I broke out of the anime phase and decided to develop my own style and have my own like proportions, the way that I draw the eyes and how the hair flows. When when did you
1: realize that the the anime kind of manga style was was uh, constraining you? Like were you in high school? Was it afterwards? Uh,
2: I think it was in high school. Yeah.
1: Okay. Yeah. So after that, you start to develop your own style, and that's the style that we see on uh, your Instagram yeah, sketch doodle. Yeah. 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 Right. Exactly. Okay. Yeah.
2: But uh, uh, I think that developing a style is something that I didn't do actively. It was kind of like one of those things that you have to. Uh, keep your engine going and keep working and then it just kind of happens and there's always like room for development for a style yeah
1: Yeah. I don't know I I wouldn't say that I know much about um, illustration it's something that I'm so interested in but it's like something that I haven't really explored myself um but i know that developing your style is something that i hear about a lot a lot of people they they start to feel really weird when they they feel like they're copying other people's styles or there's different ways to develop a style and so it's interesting that after a while you start to feel constrained about copying the anime style even though there's a lot of people who who draw and and illustrate in the anime yeah. style it's like a classical mm-hmm. style now it's not anybody's specific style yeah. Um, one thing that I noticed about your Instagram though is that you have these really interesting characters and I think Mm -hmm. there's the the one character and I think his roommate, correct? Yeah, yeah. yeah. That you're consistently like posting about them. Mm -hmm. I really like the way that you design those characters. Can you tell us a little bit more about that?
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, Actually, character design is something that uh, I'm interested in, as you said in the bio. Uh, uh, I mean, designing a character comes in with like stages I think the very first thing that you need to know and achieve in designing a character is you want to reach a point that when somebody talks to you about that character, they almost feel like they exist, that character. Like they're they're your roommate, they're your friend. You can talk about them nonstop without having to think uh, or like think in the moment. Um, Another thing would be uh, designing a character that's unforgettable and likable And I think the the only way to do that is to make sure that the audience identifies with the character. And what I mean by that is to not create a character that uh, some illustrators call the Mary Sue character. I don't know if you're familiar with that, but a Mary Sue character is an idealized character, is a character that's almost perfect, that can do probably a lot, like time travel, speak seven languages, um, is able to fly. But a character like that, almost perfect, would be kind of hard to relate to relate it to other people. Um, One of the examples would be actually one of the most lovable characters, Harry Potter. Um, I mean, that character is not... Harry Potter did not have the best childhood. His parents are dead. Uh, He was not able to defeat evil by himself. A character like that that lacks um, aspects is a character that identifies with an audience. Yeah. This is reminding me of uh, Leila Al Ammar's
1: episode. Yeah. Where she's talking about how she, whenever she introduces a, a character to her story or to her novel, she kind of decides that this is a real person and so she doesn't outline or decide about this kind of person beforehand she just tries to discover them so she treats them as though they're real people like you're saying and she's like okay what what would this person do in this situation actually it sounds like they would do this yeah yeah. so she doesn't make like perfect characters she doesn't make characters that are outlined specifically to specific personality proportions Mm -hmm. or whatever she's like discovering this person and I think it really aligns to what you're saying here I think that's really interesting that across creative like what creative fields Mm -hmm. (laughs) across creative fields there's like a similarity in character design and I think it's really cool that you guys are both taking like a Human approach to it, would you
0: say? Can't agree more about this. Um, since character creation is one of the most critical things of, uh, I look as you, as you mentioned, the character has to be ad- related to the audience and maybe reflect something. Because I would, I wouldn't really re- like like some character with like perfect mm-hmm. um, uh, characteristics that I can't see myself doing. I've noticed that people like relate to to like um uh,
1: I, I would say like flawed humans you would really like we them. are
0: flawed you know, you know what I'm saying yeah. all of us you know and when you try to read about someone who can like I just mentioned like he can speak seven languages and he yeah. flies you know yeah. and, blah, blah, blah. and then you lose it right like you lose this connection with because we as human we need this kind of like sympathy and maybe like oh i can see i can understand what this character feels and especially in comics i guess yeah because comics like it has all these colors and the the coats and maybe some a small dialogue you know like very small dialogue but people can actually relate to it oh i understand that oh Mm -hmm. i can i can see that
2: Actually since you mentioned comics I I think there's like a fun exercise I don't think I ever mentioned this to anyone before but a fun exercise to do uh, to create characters would be uh, to uh, kind of observe the people around you because people they have certain mannerisms and certain words that they say so let's say I'm out with a friend and that friend makes me feel safe I would start to wonder what what is it about that person that makes me feel safe and then Soon later, I would like realize that it would be pro- probably the colors that this person wear or the way that they would look at me. So I would design a character with more of like sleepy eyes, a character with cooler undertones, and that kind of helps with the character design. I mean, I don't think we should uh, invent something out of nothing. We have to use the sources around us. Yeah.
0: The, fact, this is beautiful because you just mentioned about observation and being mindful to, of yeah. surroundings and people around you. Can you please talk talk to us talk to us more about this, like in more details? If you
2: yeah, could. yeah. I think I think everything around us is helpful. It's like kind of the biggest encyclopedia out there, and uh, it would be a waste for us to not use that. Uh, and I would say we kind of need to not just focus on people, also the environment around us, and uh, possibly also the vibe and atmosphere in certain places. Like if you're driving one day and then you notice that the sky is like blue and purples and then the headlights would be orange and that kind of contrast would help an artist uh, to develop an atmosphere in a comic Uh, and uh, as i said before also observing people as creepy as it sounds it helps even if you're even if they're strangers even when you're at the mall and you look at someone and you feel a certain way uh, i would suggest to to like so start thinking. What does why why do I feel that way towards that person? Is it something that they're wearing? Is it the the, the size of their eyes? And uh, yeah, I think there's nothing wrong with using this as a resource to create characters and uh, worlds. I
1: would I would go as far as to say that it is the best way to create um, like relatable like going back to what we were saying before it's the best way to create relatable work yeah um it's also reminding me of what sheikha was saying in her in her episode um coffee and cast off she was talking about how um she's mindful and she's attentive attentive to the events and to her feelings and so she takes those feelings as inspiration and um with that kind of uh, mindfulness or that kind of observation she's able to create like literally every single day because there's always something happen always something happening Um, there's always something that she can create from and I think a lot of creative people they get stuck when they when they feel like they have to imagine something new out of thin air which a lot of creative people do I think it's cool when there's like sci-fi or fantasy kind of creators but at the same time there has to be something that's rooted in um, in reality in order for it to feel real to the person who is consuming it whether the reader or the person who's looking at the illustration so um it's something that i'm starting to see as a pattern across the creatives that we've been interviewing is that it needs to be um based on observation based on reality and based on humanness in order for us to 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 feel it touching our humanness if that makes sense it needs to touch our soul in some way Very cool. So you began to kind of get into anime and comic books in middle school. And then once you got into high school, you started to switch up your style a little bit and to explore outside of um, the anime and manga style. When did you start to share your work online?
2: Yeah, I think I began sharing my work online when a friend of mine, Sheikha, she uh, saw me drawing and she told me that this needs to be shared. It can't be hidden because... All my childhood, I, I had an insecurity about my artwork and I thought it was a waste of time for people to see it. So I would, even in school, if I, when I used to do quick sketches, I would quickly fold them, put them in my bag and just forget about them. Um, and uh, I genuinely thought I was alone in this. I thought that I was the only artist in the world that felt that way. I didn't even call myself an artist. But uh, I remember a couple of years later, I came across a video online about imposter syndrome and uh, all the stars aligned in my head everything made perfect sense i mean what i was feeling it was put in words and i started to realize that other people had it it was a common feeling uh, albert einstein had it My angelo uh, had imposter syndrome and um, i mean both of those people's they did the, both, of, both of these people they did uh, i mean rare accomplishments but the feeling that they felt was very common and uh, I mean, it can go as far as when someone compliments your work, you you would think that they were being polite or they're just being nice. Uh, actually a very recent thing that happened to me was um, we got our grades for the semester and I got one of the best grades and uh, I, I was happy for like two minutes and then after that I started questioning the system, like there's a glitch in the system, I'm pretty sure the professor is going to send an email any minute now with the new sheet. Uh, yeah it's weird. It's uh, it's a it's an uncomfortable feeling, but uh, I mean when it comes to art, sometimes I think there is a benefit for imposter syndrome uh, because it does push me to try and try out new things because I would be uh, not happy with the piece of uh, art that I created so I would try new things like for example, last time I tried photo editing, something that I never tried before, so it does push me to uh, it does challenge me to try new things. yeah
0: Faye, I'm reading a book nowadays called. Shame, mm-hmm. by Joseph Borgo. And, I'm mentioning the book now, because when uh, in the book, he talks about, uh, the artistic block, and procrastination, when it comes to, you know, um, related to, fear of exposure, and like, you just mentioned that, you were like, sketching and just hiding, yeah. whatever you're trying to, because you've, this kind of fear, is very common, yeah. between people. And like, it's, it's like, it goes back to the fear of exposure. Like I, I don't want people to see, to see like unwanted exposure, you know, because yeah. like, sketching or painting or actually writing can be you exposing part of yourself. Mm-hmm. Poetry is actually one of the things that I would assume that's the same. So sharing your stuff is one of the things that would trigger this fear. And in the book, um, which I highly recommend, um, he suggests that this is something like You know, can easily be dealt with as long as you are not dealing with some grandiose fantasies, you know, when it comes to expectations of yourself. Like when you think about, oh, I need to be this and that and this, you know, and and I don't know if you can relate, we can connect imposter syndrome of being incapable of, you know, um, creating and doing things with the idea of, this grandiose fantasies of, no, I have to be this, and I have to be that, and I can't do this. And you know what? Can I share some, like a story that happened a couple of days with me? I was sitting with a friend of mine, okay? And this friend had a really good idea. I'm not going to mention his name. I'm not going to mention his idea. But he has a really wonderful idea, and he has everything for it. But he only talked about how great the idea is. And I think that he is, you know, have this kind of fear, you know, like, yes, I want to try it. I want to have it. He has everything. But what only stops him is that he's just fearing the disappointment, you know, like, oh, what if and what if, what if, what if, you know, but. I would like to know what you think about this more. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: When when you mentioned uh, that thing about your friend, it made me think what really made him feel that way. Why does he have this fear of exposing his idea? And I believe that the only thing that he's scared of is the people. And uh, actually one of the things to deal with imposter syndrome is to easier said than done, but to stop comparing yourself with other people, uh, I mean, especially it's easier today at the age of social media to compare ourselves with other people because you're constantly scrolling through Instagram, Facebook, or Twitter. Um, But we also need to remind ourselves that people don't usually voice their insecurities and doubts online. They would present the most perfect version of of themselves. And uh, if you're so keen on comparing yourself with other people, uh, compare yourself with the past version of you because I'm sure you have improved. I mean, we as humans, we constantly change and improve
1: yeah yeah i would say it's easy to get caught in the comparison trap especially on instagram like myself like I I would I totally relate to that when I'm like scrolling through and somebody's traveling and somebody has created some amazing poem and some other person is doing some other amazing project and I'm just kind of like little me you know like sitting at home on a Saturday and I'm not doing much of anything and actually I've realized that comparing myself to other people actually makes me want to do things less like I feel like I think it becomes like a fear of exposure or also like an imposter syndrome in the sense of like, I'm, I'm feeling like no matter what it is that I do next, it's not going to live up to all the amazing stuff that I'm seeing on Instagram. Um, And I think I wouldn't say that this is something that's limited to me. I'd say like a lot of creatives, a lot of people go through this kind of stuff. And it's so easy to get stuck in that trap. Um, so I definitely think that's a good idea um, to avoid this kind of imposter syndrome. Mm-hmm. Do you have any other tips for people who are dealing with imposter syndrome?
2: Yeah. Uh, one of the things that I realized also recently is when I met my friends, I uh, I realized that having a support system, whether it is one friend or even family, it really does help because we as humans, we go through hundreds and millions actually of thoughts uh, in a day and uh, unfortunately when you're an artist with an imposter syndrome most of those thoughts tend to be negative and you tend to focus on the negative ones so having a support system would help you tune out the negative ones and focus on the positive ones Uh, another point would be to uh, feel comfortable with the with feeling uncomfortable or like with being uncomfortable because we also have to remember that comfort zones are places that we don't grow we have to step out of the comfort zone to learn new things to experience uh, things that would teach us something
0: I would like to add something to um, the idea of comparison um, there's a theory that you can google it and like, read about it it's called um, the self comparison theory it says on that there's two kind of comparison it can go in the upward comparison or it can go in a downward comparison. What's the uh, funny is like how you look at yourself and what kind of image, okay, aka self-esteem, aka whatever you want to call it, okay, the value of yourself and what you have and what you do determines, okay, how you're gonna compare yourself with others. So if you think that of yourself in a highly mannered, you know. That, yes, I can do it. I can feel like I can. I'm capable of doing it. When you look at something that's better than yours, you would look at it. Oh no, I can get better than that. Yeah. But what if that you look at yourself in this manner? Like you know, like you look at yourself and no, I'm not capable. Blah blah blah. Yeah. And you start blaming others, you know, and you know, throw all the blame and, 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 and things that are happening around you. What happens? Like see someone is like much better than me and i can't get though no, no i can get i can go nowhere since like people are like, painting and writing and blah blah, blah and I can, for me i can't do i can't be there so it's only gonna give you more it's gonna only get you down uh
1: um, i totally get what you're saying Salul. i think um you're right in the sense like we're never going to be able to stop comparing ourselves. It's, it's, it's easy to say I will stop comparing myself, but I think it does have to do more with um, the way that you are looking at things when you're comparing yourself, like your own self image, and the way that you're thinking when you're comparing yourself to others. So, Positive thinking like, oh, hey, this person just got this amazing project because they worked so hard and they grinded for the past two years (laughs) Um, and they've been doing their best. So there's a possibility for me to also do something similar and get my own project and my own amazing opportunities. So there is a difference in the way, definitely in a difference in the way that you compare yourself that could help. Um, And going along with what you were saying about friends and family, friends and family can help you um, boost up self-image so if you have friends and family who are constantly helping you um, think positively who are letting you know that your work actually is really good in, in in a world where you feel like everybody's just kind of like sharing their stuff like look at my stuff you know and not everybody's looking at other people's stuff if that makes sense sometimes your stuff gets lost in the whole mess of people sharing their stuff. Um, having friends and family around you who look at your stuff and give you the actual feedback that you need and help you realize that there is an actual progression over time that you are doing your best and you are consistently progressing. And this goes along with what you were saying about comparing yourself with your past. This can help you be able to look at things in a positive way. So I totally agree with that. I think what what we're saying right now is all in agreement and is all around the whole idea of like um so Faye that was amazing thank you so much for sharing those um those ideas and those tips on getting over imposter imposter syndrome I'm sure I totally took some um value from what we just talked about and I'm sure our listeners are going to too so thank you so much um where can we see your work or where can listeners see your work
2: um all of my work is uh uh, posted on on my Instagram. Uh, it's at sketch a doodle with three o's. Three
1: o's. Okay. Yeah <laughs> Because I'm sure three, the two yeah. o's was taken <laughs> yeah.
2: yeah, okay any other upcoming projects? Uh, yeah, I'm actually current uh, currently working on a comic book It's uh, called uh, it's gonna be called monster. I don't know. Maybe the name would change but uh, currently I would be posting uh, character designs and sceneries about that monster and uh, very cool. Yeah.
1: That's beautiful. I think you posted something already about it. I saw yeah, it. I posted it. Oh my God, it. I loved it so much. Your stuff you. is great. Yourself Thank is you. Really Thank good. you so much. Thank you so much, Faye. We really um, loved having you here on the show. Um, take care and best of luck. Thank you. Thank
0: you.